0: wow okay uh that that is quite unusual and and delightful thank you uh Lorraine is not with me uh this evening um, uh it's a bit of a journey to get here uh we traveled today and um it's uh, sh- uh health issues and that kind of thing kind of limit her ability to move around so uh, She's back at the hotel and relaxing for the evening and uh, I know she's praying for us and praying for me and hoping that her husband does well uh, t- today. 14 grandkids yep 14 grandkids, five married kids, 14 grandkids. We had them all in the house on January 1 uh, for our Christmas we celebrate Christmas on New Year's Day. whew, what a party and uh, and as a she's granny, I'm Papa okay so. You know, you get called doctor and you get called pastor and mister and this kind of stuff, but my favorite name is Papa. That is the best. You love the grandkids. At the same time, you also like the taillights. Seeing them leave. <laughs> great having them there, but mm, off you go when you're done. Great Great fun. Um, jo- Joel, Joel, I was supposed to say that right, because my son's name is Joel, alright, so I got to get Joel right, thanks for those choice of songs, man, you're right on the money, R- really well done, uh, in light of what some of the things we're going to talk about uh, today, and Victoria, where are you, there you are, thank you for your host- hostess, uh, you made me feel very much at home, and delight and, and delighted to be here. I've even got a couple of former students here. Yeah, right over here. Okay, I've got Renee and Sarah, and um, they met at Heritage Bridal College. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Heritage College, and uh, they were both in my Old Testament survey class. They were just reminding me of some of the things that uh, I... uh, I did, and said in those classes, some of which will never ever be repeated again. <laughs> but I do remember them in class, and it was great fun. And yeah, there are. If um, if you are interested in courses at at Heritage, uh, theology courses, Bible courses, that kind of thing, we do offer courses on on in on site, obviously. Uh, but we offer offer courses online as well as you can take courses live stream so you can take them live with the prof with the class but you're on the screen and you're in your home here in ottawa but you actually get to engage in the actual classroom event so that's kind of special so we do that live streaming as well as well as we have online courses i see some folks with bibles uh is there if you need a bible Please put up your hand, okay. And if uh, you haven't got one, um, we are going to be preaching out of the book of Ecclesiastes tonight, and so um, I'll even give you a page number here in a minute uh, as to the text we're going to look at. Um, so yeah, all right, great. It's a great joy to be here, uh, Pastor Ray. Um, I'm I'm so glad he reminded me of some of those events. Um, that he was in that my ministry preparation class, uh, I'd, I'd kind of forgotten what class he was in, but now I, I I remember where he remember where what class he was in, and then I do remember that coffee lunch we had, on a patio in Mississauga, and uh, chatting about what might be ahead for him, and the possibility of moving to Ottawa and planting a church here, and yeah, I was, I'm glad I was able to be uh, an encouragement to him along the way. Um, and it's great to be here and to see the result of, about I think, about seven years of uh, labors here now. So God, uh, God has been good to you guys, and that's great. So it's great to, it was great to see uh, Pastor Ray on, on the screen, and it would have been fun to interact with him personally. I'm sure we'll probably chat somewhere along the way as, as well. Simon Reynolds, in his book Risk, wrote this. To laugh is to risk looking like a fool. To weep is to risk appearing sentimental. To reach out for another is to risk involvement. To show feelings is to risk revealing your true self. To place your ideas and dreams before a crowd is to risk their loss. To love is to risk rejection. To live is to risk dying. To hope is to risk despair. And to try is to risk failure. But risks must be taken. Because one of the greatest dangers in life is to risk nothing. Those who risk nothing do nothing, achieve nothing, and become nothing. They may avoid suffering and sorrow, but they cannot learn, feel, change, grow, or even live. Chained to their uncertainties, they are slaves. They have forfeited their freedom. Only a person who risks all that he cannot keep to gain what he can never lose is truly free. We're standing at the beginning of a new year with all its hopes, all its expectations. And yes, for certain, there will be some disappointments and challenges along the way. And so my question this evening is, what is the spirit, what is the attitude that we as God's people need to take into this new year, 2024? What is a biblical view? What is a forward view? What is a faith view? What is it to be looking into the future from this point with all its uncertainties but with Christ at our elbow? I want to take you to a text that has been a foundational text for me for decades now. In fact, probably Renee and Sarah heard me speak on this somewhere in their Old Testament class along the way. But it's an old chestnut for me, and I've been to this text many, many times. And each time, the living word of God pierces my soul and challenges my life. It comes from an old wise sage by the name of Koheleth. Many of us think that this man is by the name of Koheleth, a word that comes from the Hebrew word kahal, meaning to gather and you gather to preach or teach, that's why he's often called the preacher or the teacher. Many of us think that is Solomon, King Solomon in a moment of his great wisdom. And what he has done is he has gathered the young adults at his feet. This is a message for young adults, for high school students, for college and university and young married adults, young young. <laughs> Young adults who are still trying to figure out a little bit about what is wise, godly living. And Koheleth gathers them at his feet and he says, I want to teach you wisdom. I want to teach you godly wisdom. And he gives them lectures, and we find these lectures found in a book, a book in the Bible. And it's called the book of Ecclesiastes. And so tonight we want to look at one of those lectures. The lecture is found in chapter 11 of the book of Ecclesiastes. It's on page 322 of your Bible, uh, of the Bible that was just handed out. If you've got your own Bible, I don't know what page it's on, but you can find it. All right, Ecclesiastes chapter 11, and I'm going to read verses one. 1- 6. Listen to the word of the Lord, and listen to the wisdom of Koheleth. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you do not know what disaster may happen upon the earth. The clouds are full of rain. They empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls to the south of the north, in the place where the tree falls there, it will lie. He who observes the wind will not sow. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. As you do not know, the way... The spirit comes into the bones uh, uh, in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning, sow your seed, and at evening, withhold not your hand, for you do not know which will prosper this or that, or whether both alike. Will be good. This is the sacred scripture and the reading of God's word. So, what I find in this text, this text revolves around words like faith, risk, courage, stepping out in light of, in spite of the uncertainties of life. And my thought of what Kohalath is saying here is that without a spirit of courage, risk, and willingness to fail, that's the hard one, willingness to fail, we will never effectively be the presence of Christ and his kingdom on earth. Unless we are a people, a church of faith, risk, courage, stepping out in light of the uncertainties that lie ahead of us, we will never be the church on the mission that God has called us to be on. The whole kingdom of God, the people of God, the church movement, is driven by one word, faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. By faith, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Joseph, Moses, Rahab. Yes, all out of Hebrews 11. Some of us know it well. Were they perfect people? No. Jacob is in the crowd. So is Moses. We know, some of us know their stories of failures. Did they fail? Yes. Miserably at times. Jephthah, in Hebrews 11, child sacrificed his daughter. I guess I feel about that one. If he can make it, I can make it. Were they perfect people? Did they fail? Of course, yes. But they stepped out by faith. And the kingdom of God was proclaimed, even in spite of their failures and foibles. I think about Samson and all his uniquenesses and failures and foibles along the way. What was the word? What was the spirit? What was the attitude? What was the character of life that drove these people and the kingdom of God ahead? It was the word faith. A word that means at least Courage, risk, danger, and uncertainty. Interesting, someone said, the opposite to faith is not doubt. The opposite to faith is certainty. Fascinating to think about that, isn't it? And so, as we stand at the beginning of 2024... And Hope Church Ottawa stands at the beginning of 2024. What is God's word to us today? What is God's word of wisdom? What is God's word from an old wise sage whose lectures got into our sacred scriptures? So in this text, we find three proposals Three proposals from our old wise sage, Koheleth. Sometimes I call him Dr. Solomon to give him a little bit of sense of respect and dignity. The old wise sage. Lectures are in our Bibles, they are God breathed, they are sacred, part of our text. Three proposals about faith. And what is godly wisdom for our lives, for our families, for our ministries, for our church? The first one comes from verse 1. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Verse 2. Give a portion to seven, or even to eight. For you do not know what disaster may happen on the earth. The first proposal, the first thing I see in this text is, as wise children of God, we are bold in our outlook on life. And two thoughts are pointed pointed out by Solomon. The first one is this. He instructs us to be venturesome. Cast your bread upon the waters. For after many days, you'll find it again. Now, there's been all kinds of discussion as to what Solomon meant when he said, cast your bread upon the waters. I even heard somebody say it had to do with flooded rice paddies. Well, you got to know, there are no flooded rice paddies in Israel. So I don't know where that came from. I heard someone else talk about throw a loaf of bread in a river. Well, he's not talking about soggy bread. What he's talking about is Ships. The word bread, lechem, in Hebrew, can often mean money, or investments, or resources. Cast your investments, cast your resources, even your money, as it were, on the waters. What waters are we talking about? Well, the waters that surrounded Israel in Solomon's day was the Mediterranean Sea, or the Red Sea. He's talking about seagoing trade. He's talking about sending ships across the Mediterranean, down the Red Sea. Solomon had many ships. Often it took years for them to return. Some of them didn't come back. They were sunk by pirates. They were sunk in storms. There was risk in sending those ships across across the waters. And he says... Wisdom is to cast your resources into seagoing trade. It's an illustration of what it is to live wisely. To live in the domain of risk. For you do not know, for, for you will find it after many days. The only way there's going to be a return on your investment is to take the risk that you're going to lose some of them along the way. So the first thing he says is, be venturesome. There was a preacher in the US, his name was Chuck Swindoll, some of us know him, and he said this, whoever clears the mental fog is no longer satisfied with drifting along with the masses, vision replaces mental resistance, overstepping laziness and indifference. Some of us know the name Alexander Solzhenitsyn, uh, a Russian exile, great Russian exile who wrote, must one point out that from ancient of days, a decline in courage has been considered to be the beginning of the end. So this speaks to us, it speaks to every one of us here, it speaks to our youth, it speaks to our high school kids, it speaks to our college kids, it speaks to our young married adults, it speaks to our young singles, it speaks to our older adults, a middle aged adults, and old geezers like me. What is it that we are doing that is driven by faith, risk, courage, danger? For that is how the kingdom of God and the church of Jesus Christ and our own personal lives move ahead to cast our bread upon the waters, take that risk, for that's the only way there's going to be a return on that kind of resource. This is the voice of wisdom. It's the word of God, our sacred and God-breathed text. He says, first of all, be venturesome in this whole notion of being bold. He says, be venturesome in verse 1. And then he says, be generous in verse 2. Be bold in generosity. He says, give your portion to 7 or even to 8. The, the term portion, again, has to do with food or investments or resources. Give it to 7, even or 8. 7 is a number of, in the Bible. 7 is a number of totality, a number of completion. So give your portions, give your investments, give the things that God has gifted you with to the totality of everybody, but don't stop there. Go do eight. Go beyond. Go, be, go way over what you think you are able to do. Take the risk. Take it by faith. For, he says, you do not know what disaster may happen on earth. What's he mean by that? You may need somebody someday to go beyond what they've got in order to help you out in your time of your disaster. And so this whole notion of boldness, of generosity, beyond even what we think we are able to do, to take the risk and be venturesome in life, and venturesome in ministry, be venturesome in the gospel... Is wisdom. This is not some young person, young guy, kind of, you know, out of his youthful vigor and enthusiasm. No, this is an old, wise sage who's been around the block a few times. And he's telling us, through God's Word and sacred scriptures, lectures that have been recorded in our text, that this is what it is to live for the kingdom of God. This is the voice of a risk taker. It's a voice that takes us beyond the norms and comfort zones. And faith and uncertainty is wisdom. So the wise child of God. we As wise, wise, wise children of God we are bold in our outlook on life. We are characterized by a spirit of venturesomeness. We are characterized by a spirit of generosity. But what about the unknown? Should not caution prevail? Should we not know the future with some degree of certainty before we step out? And he answers that question in his next point. And he addresses the kinds of things that probably all of us are dealing with in our lives. The uncertainties, the unknowns. The unpredictables. Listen to what he says. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls to the south of the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it will be. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the way the Spirit comes to the bones and the wounds of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. I would suggest to you that the second proposal that our wise sage, Koheleth, Dr. Solomon, is saying is this. As wise children of God, we do not let the fear of the unknown stop us. There are inevitabilities in life that are totally unpredictable. Whether it's a tree falling down or harvesting crops, there are inevitable things that will happen, and we don't know when or how they will. I grew up on a farm. I'm a farm kid from just outside of Toronto in Vaughan Township, and I spent a lot of time helping my dad do, far- do farming. We, we were dairy farmers. And, you know, in the spring we would have to do what we would call haying, and we would have to cut hay and, and mow it and then bale it and put it in the barn uh, for, the, for the cattle. And if you know anything about farming or you know anything about hay, if you know anything about cutting hay and harvesting it and that kind of stuff, you need dry weather. It needs to cure. It needs to dry. can't do it when it's wet. And my dad and I would listen to the radio, and we would get the weather weather forecast, and the weather weather forecast would say, oh, it's going to be dry and sunny for the next three, four, five days. And so my dad would say to me, get the swather, out you go, and I would go out into the field, and I would knock down 20, 30 acres of hay. And you know what would happen. We called it getting washed. It rained. And it got wet. And we would have to let it dry. And then we'd turn it over and dry it again and try and get it dry so that we could bale that hay and put it on the wagons and then bring it into the barn. And if we waited for absolute certainty before failures as farmers. Every farmer is a person of faith, or he or she is a dead failure. We're not autonomous or in control, but this ignorance and dependency is to cause faith to flourish. Again, my friend, Dr. Swindoll, instead of drifting along in this life for God like a lazy cloud doing the predictable, be bullish, pursue this thing called life. God has not revealed to us his master plan. He has not told you here at Hope what the next 12 months are going to be. He hasn't told you what the next 12 weeks are going to be. He hasn't told you what the next 12 days are going to be. And this is to cause faith to flourish. And we're called to decision-making now. And so his proposal here, Solomon's proposal, is that we can't let the fear of the unknown stop us. To sit back because of the unpredictability of the future and its inevitabilities is unwise. God can only bless a venture of faith into the unknown. Only a moving ship, or a car, or a truck, for that matter, can be steered. If you're standing still, you aren't going anywhere, and he can't steer you. Yes, there's stewardship, for sure. Jesus talked about counting the costs of building a tower before you start or the size of opposing, of opposing uh, you know, suss out the, the, the size of an opposing army before you engage the battle. Yes, reasonable steps of preparation and evaluation must be taken, for sure. But what Solomon is after here is the fruitless and impossible demand for absolute certainty before we do anything for God. And so we are bold in our outlook on life. We do not let the fear of the unknown stop us. But what if we fail? Does not failure indicate that we're out of the will of God and maybe in sin? And so King Solomon answers this question in his final proposal. And it's this. As wise children of God, we do not Let the fear of failure stop us. This is what he says in verse 6. In the morning sow your seed, and at evening withhold not your hand. For you don't know what will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good or succeed. We step out realizing that life is supervised by God and we are not given a detailed plan or map and this admits to failure. Solomon says we don't know which will succeed, either this or that. Earlier we sang the song, Joel led us in a song that talked about and we sang about how God won't fail. And no, God does not fail. But you know what? (laughs) Sometimes we do. And we need to realize that there will be times when, yeah, things won't go exactly as we have planned. I think of Peter. I love this guy. We all love Peter, don't we? The Apostle Peter. At least he tried. We have a choice. We can be water walkers who fail or boat huggers who never do. Right? Peter was a water walker. He got out of the boat. He actually took a couple of steps on that water. He could say, "I walked on water." There's only one other person in the world could say that. That was Jesus. But he took his eyes off Christ, right? And he failed. Down he went. Christ had to pull him out of the water and drag him in the boat. And you know what? Upon this rock I will build my church. And Peter is the rock upon which Christ built the church. We need more water walkers who fail than boat huggers that never get out of the boat. I remember learning to ride a pony on the farm. It was a miserable beast. His name was Jimmy. And this beast of a, I remember the first time I got on the pony, it actually got down on his knees and rolled over on his back. (laughs) You can just imagine, I was about 12 years old at the time, I just remember (laughs) imagining there's one poor scared kid got off that horse in a really big hurry. You know what my dad made me do? Made me get back on the horse. Pony. And every time I fell off, and I fell off many times. Get back on the horse! What a cruel father. you know what? I learned to ride that beast, miserable thing as it was. We had many delightful hours. And yeah, I fell off lots of times. It did not always go well. But I learned to ride the pony, and we enjoyed ourselves together. Well, I enjoyed myself. I'm not sure he did. And you know what? There are two thoughts that are pertinent to this. Number one, when we do fail, it does not stop us. We get up, dust ourselves off, and climb back on and keep on going. But here's the second one when we or others fail, we don't point fingers with the classic, I told you so. That is a faith killer. And I have been subject far too often to that response when we stepped out by faith and it didn't quite go as the way we expected and inevitably there was somebody there pointing the finger saying I told you so. And it was a faith killer. No, we find our sage coaxing, urging, begging, pressing wise men and women of God to get out of the dead center of trying to outguess God. I have a cloth hanging I got a number of years ago when I was in India, and it has William, William Carey's picture on it and his famous saying, attempt great things for God, expect great things from God. The Apostle Paul said, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you. And by the way, that has everything to do with belief in the resurrection. But always give yourselves fully, fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So often we're immobilized by fear. The fear of failure. The fear of the unknown. The fear of criticism. The fear of acceptance by our friends. The fear of traditions. The fear of the cost. The fear of the mess we're going to create. The fear of losing sentimental memories. And so often we are immobilized by these kinds of things. But you here at Hope have taken a risk. You've been doing this now for a number of years. You've engaged in the mix and mess of faith. You're paying the cost of getting this ministry to where it is today. I'm sure there have been setbacks along the way. But because you are people of faith, And not afraid of failure, children, men, women, have been, are being, and will be impacted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you are where you are today as a church. So the sage speaks, as wise people of God, we are people who are bold in our outlook on life. As wise people of God, we don't let the unknown stop us from moving forward. As wise people of God, we are not afraid to fail, to pick ourselves up and take another run at it. And the question is, are we listening? The Bible is clear. Are we ready and willing to listen to the God-breathed message of our sage spoken to those young adults so many centuries ago and through the power of the Spirit, it continues to speak to us today. The closing lines of uh, Tennyson's Ulysses goes like this. Come, my friends, it is not too late to seek a newer world, push off and setting well in order to smite the sounding furrows, for my purpose holds... To sail beyond the sunset and the baths of all the western stars until I die. It may be the gulfs will wash us down. It may be that we shall touch the harpy isles and see the great Achilles whom we knew. Though much is taken, much abides. And though we are now not that strength that in old days moved heaven and earth. That which we are, we are one equal temper of heroic hearts. Made weak by time and fate, but strong in will. To strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. What's our encounter with God here? Who is the God that we see in this text? He is not a God of safety. He is a God of going beyond. He's the God who inspired the writings of Kohelet that we've been reading. In the Chronicles of Narnia, when confronted by the idea of Aslan, the lion was a picture of Christ. Lucy asks, is he safe? Safe, said Mrs. Beaver? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. And then Mr. Tumnus also says, he's wild, you know. He's not a tame lion. Love that line. There's gospel here, right? There's good news. The good news is that we need not be afraid to risk. Even when we fall or fail, God smiles and pulls us out of the waves and dumps us into the boat. We join the parade of the imperfect saints in Hebrews 11 who lived by faith and were honored by God. There's huge encouragement here. God has chosen frail children of dust to proclaim his cause and kingdom, you and me. We are encouraged to venture out, and de- venture out in dependence and faith in God with the promise that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can depend on that. And the wonderful privilege that we have to live our lives in a spirit of adventure. Redeem the time and watch God bless his people in his work. And he has chosen Hope Bible Church to be an outpost of his already but not yet kingdom. Can you believe it? That's you guys. Fascinating to think about that. But there's challenge here too, isn't there? The challenge is to listen to this old wise sage. To say, no fear. <laughs> years ago, my kids gave me a T-shirt years and years ago. And it said on the back, on the front it said, no fear. And on the back it says, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. Somebody else said, if you don't get your, first, your, if you don't get your foot off first, you'll never get the second. You know, somebody here may be thinking about becoming a Christian. Maybe you're here this afternoon tonight and you're thinking about, what is it to be a Christian? I say to you, to take the step of faith and believe. I say to you, this text tells you to keep moving forward in that direction towards faith and the risk of what it is to become a child of God. Somebody here might be thinking about baptism. I say to you, this word, this scripture says to you, keep pushing that forward. Maybe, you mean, maybe it's time to make that public declaration of abject loyalty to Christ and by faith to step out. Somebody here might be thinking about vocational choices. And as a Bible college professor, I would say some of you may be thinking about choosing a vocational choice or seeing God's call on your, on your, on your life to move into some kind of ministry. Go to a Bible college. Go to a seminary. Choose to take up the mantle of what it is to go into vocational ministry. And then there's hope. Hope Bible Church is an outpost of God's kingdom. And I guess I say to your leaders, I say to your pastors, I say to your staff, I say to your congregation, I say to all of you, but risk must be taken. But one of the greatest dangers in life is to risk nothing. Those who risk nothing do nothing, achieve nothing, become nothing. They may avoid suffering and sorrow. They cannot learn, feel, change, grow, even live. Change their uncertainties. They are slaves. They have forfeited their their freedom. Only a person who risks all that he cannot keep to gain what he can never lose is truly free. So I don't know how this is impacting you. I know every time, as I said, I've been to this text dozens, scores, perhaps even hundreds of times, and every time it pierces my soul, every time the Spirit speaks to me in ways that He's never spoken to me before. I don't know what the impact is here for you. I don't know what the impact is here for this church, but I trust the Holy Spirit to speak through the power of His Word. Herman Hess wrote, Life passes like a flash of lightning whose blaze lasts barely long enough to see while earth and sky stand forever. How swiftly changing time flies across man's face. O oh, you who sit over your full cup and do not drink. Tell me, for whom are you still waiting? Heavenly Father, we have heard the word of God. We have heard you speak through your word. I pray to your God that I have reflected the truth of this text well. And I also pray to your God that the truth that this text speaks of will penetrate deeply by the power of your Spirit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.